0: Welcome to Kitchen Conversations with Nat, where I'm Nat, and these are some of my thoughts on this and that. I thought I'd share. You can like it or leave it. I don't care. Society likes to give us their opinions on our body and our mind, so I'm here to share my thoughts and chat with some friends about any answers we can find. What's up? Oh my goodness. I'm really excited to talk about dating and how it hasn't killed me yet also singleness and how that also hasn't killed me yet oh my goodness this tonight today whenever you're listening it's a story of a survivor that's me i'm a survivor yep living my best life i mean like is it the life i chose Maybe Like, let's talk through that. I'm not really sure. Um, Tonight I want to talk about just, like, how I one time in my life thought that being 30 and single would be the end of me. I remember writing myself a future letter, you know, where you write your future self a letter. (laughs) Or do only Christian girls do that? I don't know, whatever, but... My friends and I had a time capsule and so we wrote our future selves letters and in my letter it was just going to be to 22 year old Nat. I wrote it my senior year of high school to senior year of college Natalie. And I remember in the letter that I wrote to myself I said Natalie. If you are not married or seriously dating someone, by the time that you read this letter, you have failed me, you have failed society, and you have failed everyone around you. And you need to get your act together and either start working out or figure something out because you're a loser. I like, I was so harsh to myself. And now I'm like, oh, Natalie, you're 30 and you're single and it's okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. I just... You know, we get in those mindsets where it's like, we look into the future, we have some anxiety, and we think, I'll never make it. If this is still my life, if this is still my story, whenever I get to that age, or to that part of life, or to that, I don't know, whatever, then it will be the end of me. This is how I go. This is, I will not survive it. But lo and behold, we do. We survive. We are survivors. We make it through. And yeah, I just kind of want to talk through that on this episode. Um, I titled it Singleness and How It Hasn't Killed Me Yet because, you know, like, I mean, if, if you have like four conversations with me, you realize like I'm like wannabe, super low key, um, about things, but honestly, I'm kind of dramatic sometimes and I've gotten a lot better as years have gone by, but yeah, I'm, I get, yeah, I'm recovering drama, drama queen. Um, so, uh, I just like, I think the worst. And so whenever I think about what my life could look like, when I look in the future, I realized my greatest fear when I was 22. it was 22. I remember thinking about turning 30 and how I was okay being single right then at 22. I just graduated college. I had tons of great friends around me. Um, and a lot of my friends were still single. And so that was fun, too. And then I remember being like, but honestly my greatest fear is like being single in my thirties. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like I can't do that to myself. Like I can survive my twenties. I think I can have fun. I think I can do it. But once I hit 30, like I am a big fat loser if I am not dating anyone. So a few things. Um, whenever I hit age 23, I was pretty much like praying for marriage, hoping for marriage. All of my friends had started getting married at this time and was just going to a lot of weddings um, and having a blast celebrating my friends, but also like, why not me? (laughs) And I remember just praying constantly, just God, let me get married. Let me stop being single. I'm tired of this. And I just like, it started to like consume me this started to be the only thing I thought about the only thing I wanted and I think that's like okay with balance but anyways I started just like living for marriage like my life felt pointless without marriage and then I started dating this guy and it was great we had so much fun and we like lived overseas for a little bit together um and then we were going to get married. Oh, it was going to be so fun. I was so excited because I felt like God had given me um all of my dreams. Like I was adjusting a little bit, but I think I was more like, you know, on Cinderella when uh Drusilla or is it Anastasia? One of them, she the evil stepsister, she tries to put on Cinderella's shoe. And She puts her foot in there and it like on the cartoon one, her foot like bunches up into like a straight up rainbow and she can't get it in. She's like, look, it fits. And um, I think that's what I was doing to my life Um, when I was 23, just squishing, (laughs) squishing all of me, all my hopes and my dreams and my heart into this shoe that didn't actually fit and into this story that wasn't actually mine. Um, and so moved on from that. I mean, walked through so much heartache and heartbreak and healing. And then I realized, you know what? Like, if this isn't going to work for me, I'm just going to, like, do what I want to do. And what I wanted to do is I wanted to freaking move to Africa. And I started when I would meet people... I would tell them, like, hey, cool, I'm Natalie. Um, Don't get too close to me. I'm about to move. Like, I could move overseas at any moment. I had two friends from very different parts of my life introduced me as that girl who would move any minute. They are like, hey, this is Natalie. Don't get too close to her. She might move soon. I had no plans in the works, but they just, I had told them that that was what was going to be happening. So that was just me. I wanted to move, and I wanted to go to Africa. And so I put like all of my effort into that, all of my thoughts into that. I got close to people. I made friends, but also like I didn't want to be in a relationship, a romantic relationship because I wanted to move overseas. And I know that's not everyone's calling and I know that's not what everyone wants to do. And so I knew that I could do that by myself and I didn't want anyone to get in the way of that. And so I just like boarded up, my thoughts and my walls and all this stuff against that. And I became a friend zone professional. Guys, like, I'm so good at the friend zone. <laughs> it's such an issue. And so I just started to thrive in the friend zone. The FZ, if you will call it. No, we won't call it that, but you know what I'm saying. So became really good at the friend zone. Um, got into pretty intense friendationship uh, with a friend Obviously, that's what it's called. Um, With a guy friend and we would do everything together. People would question if we were dating. We weren't dating. We were just friends genuinely and it was super fun to hang. Um, But also, like, we were meeting emotional needs of each other's hearts that, like, were making us really content with our lives. And we didn't have to, like, move on or move forward from those walls of our friendship because we were satisfied in each other, and, you know, like, we are living our best life, hanging out, having fun, but made it really hard to date other people (laughs) for both of us, and so, like, just, like, as a girl who's a queen of friendationships, just want to say, like, don't do that, like, just be really careful if you're in a friendationship, because they seem innocent and fun, but at the end of the day, who's getting your attention, who's getting the thoughts, Are you actually available for other guys if somebody else is there? Or girls, you know? Like, I know guys that are also in friendationships and they're content and they don't need to pursue other girls because, like, they're totally fine with where they're at with friends. Um, But, like, I want to get married. Like, I want the romantic stuff, you know? Like, the kisses and the hugs and the cuddles. And so, uh, yeah, I just... That's my little spiel on Freundationships, run away from them. Switching from Freundationships, let's go into singleness. Uh, so, like, I would also consider myself a singleness professional. Look at me, guys, I'm just so professional and all these things. Um, <laughs> uh, I've been single a long time, and... I don't know life outside of singleness, really. It's, I mean, I do, but you know what I mean? Like, not really. Um, so I've gotten really good at being single, and I heard this on a podcast once, and it was the most true thing I ever heard, but. So if you ask me, hey, Natalie, how are you doing with being single? My answer would be to you, well, it depends on what I eat for breakfast. I'm telling you, guys, it is different every single day. Some days I am thriving in my singleness. Some days I am just, like, bebopping around. Like, I don't have to ask anyone's permission. I can do whatever the hell I want. I can go here. I can go here. I can spend my money this way. Like, I can buy myself a new car. No one cares. All this stuff. And then I... The next day, will wake up, and it's like oh, why am I single? This sucks. Like, I just want to be married. Where are all the guys at? Why can't I keep a guy around? Like, what's going on? What's wrong with me? Why can't I, you know. no, actually wait. And then some days I'll wake up and it's like, why me? Why am I still single? I just want to get married. Like I'm tired of being single. This is so annoying. And this could be like the day after I'm bebopping around single and living my best life, and then the next day is like, whoa, is me. Singleness is going to be the death of me. It's awful. It's so annoying. Like everyone else has someone to take care of them, and everyone else has someone to do their taxes for them. Everyone else has someone to do their insurance. Everyone else has someone to do their freaking, take their freaking trash out, open their jars and bottles. <sighs> so annoying. And then the next day, I'll wake up and I'll be like, "Oh, I just want to be in love. I just, I love love. I'm, I just want to hug someone and lay in their arms forever." And like, it just is such a roller coaster. And I feel like being married is probably also like that, which I like have no experience in, but. I feel like, you know, it's like one day you're like, oh, my gosh, I love my husband so much. And then the next day it's like, oh, my gosh, if he would, like, just step on a thumbtack, my life would be happy. You know, I just, like, need him to experience a little bit of pain today. And then, like, some days you're probably like, oh, why am I not single? Like, it would be so nice. I could buy myself that car that Natalie's talking about buying herself. I don't have a new car, guys. Um... But just, like, things like that where it's, like, I think that life, you know, is just, like, it's just unpredictable. And some days it's great and some days it's hard. But we're talking about singleness. So, speaking of my married friends, I just, like, need to give a shout out to couples who take in single friends into their families. Um, my couple... I have a couple couples, <laughs> um, but Katie and Joel have really like welcomed me into their family. They, um, love me right alongside each other and their kids and just like, they let me come and sit on the floor in their living room. I just, I'm a part of their family and it's not weird. It's not anything. It's just like, I'm like invested. I'm involved in their family. And that's just, like, so crucial as a single girl just to have, like, a couple friend because I may be single but, like, still want family, you know. And I, like, have my my family that I love so much. But there's just something about, like, growing up and, like, needing a family and a family unit to be a part of. And um, so just, like, shout out to couples who do that and also Brittany and Jordan who did that for me too in Uganda. And still today when I FaceTime them. <laughs> it's just so important and also like shout out to those married friends or families who bring in the single people. Think about them when you're quarantining because quarantining as a single person is a podcast and it's up. It sucks. Like guys whenever it snowed in Texas on February 14th 2021 Valentine's Day I it was rough y'all I was so alone and like love it love singleness blah 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 but also like just think about your friends who are single whenever you're like getting an order with your spouse and just be like wow like Natalie's all alone like that could be me <laughs> not how that was supposed to come out, but you get it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) so like, speaking of quarantine and COVID, things that we didn't expect to experience in this lifetime, dating. I mean, like dating during COVID, dating's already hard. And to start dating In a culture where everyone's scared of each other because everyone is a virus, it's like not the greatest breeding grounds for relationships. And like also, like, I remember early on, I got back from Uganda and I got on dating apps and they were like, like, what are you more comfortable with? Like a picnic outdoors with mask on or like coffee date without masks and I'm like I'm never gonna get kissed again (laughs) this is is it this is that's the end like I'm not kissing someone through a mask I'm not living that do you remember that show um pushing daisies (laughs) I actually had my first kiss watching that show um but (laughs) it's like he's dead and he's like in a bubble and they kiss through like the bubble or the saran wrap or something Anyways, that's what I feel like a kiss with a mask on would be like anyways um or a kiss through like a mosquito net or something like that uh just it's so funny for me to imagine things like that um shout out to friends who've done that anyways <laughs> what <laughs> but like dating during COVID let's go back to that what are we supposed to do just like trying to understand like how we're supposed to do it how we're supposed to be respectful of people do i need to get vaccinated so i can start dating again (laughs) i don't really want to do that i mean yeah whatever we're not gonna talk about vaccines right now we're talking about dating of course because those go hand in hand so just like dating during covid like how are we supposed to learn how to be vulnerable whenever like everything feels so exposed and it's like the one shred the one shred of life keeping us together is our emotional state and for a lot of us like that's not even functioning at its fullest capacity but we are stuck in our homes and we can hide behind the walls or the doors and the people don't come in and and then we're expected to date and it's like sure i want to be social again but also like I mean, we're all kind of weird now. <laughs> it's like more more weird than we ever have been and like how are we supposed to handle that, guys? I don't know. I don't know what to say. <laughs> so like an interesting thing that I've realized whenever I do start dating someone or whenever things come up and my friends are going on dates or whatever, we're always like comparing ourselves to movies. And I know, like whatever Hallmark movie like, tells us how we're supposed to feel and what we're supposed to think. But it's more than that. It's, like, in a movie, you're watching someone else live their life. And you're think you're imagining their thoughts. You're thinking the things that they're thinking. And, like, that also, like, transfers into restaurants and into, like, walks in the park. And you see people, like, living their best life. But you don't know if, like, they've fought all day. And, like, this is their sanity of, like, going on a walk in the park and, like, not talking to each other. But in your mind, you're like, oh my gosh, they're so content and lovely and happy and they're walking. And we don't know that, like, he just stepped in dog shit and he, like, was really pissed about it. And she's, like, so over him reacting like that. <laughs> Guys, I don't, it's a hypothetical situation. Um, but, like, we imagine what things are going to be like because we have watched people from a 30,000 foot view. But in reality, like, we have no idea what's going on in people's heads. And we compare ourselves to what we've made up is going on in their minds. And I don't, that's not right. Like, that's not how life goes. And that's just, like, something that we struggle with, you know? Genuinely, the hardest part about being single. (laughs) No, like, y'all help me out here. Tell me if I'm wrong. But it is the things that I've had to learn to do by myself that I feel like, friends husbands do for them or like that they do like as a joint effort, you know, and I'm over here like doing about and I know like those are stressful things, but they're like stressful things you get to do together or like decisions you get to make together and I'm just like really tired of making decisions by myself. So yeah, it's just like that's been an interesting thing and that's what's like probably the hardest thing about being 30 and single is not, like, being alone all the time because, like, life is fun and and things go on and you find things to do and people to see and people to hang out with and things to be interested in and work is cool and sometimes it's fun and things like that. and But, like, the hard things is whenever it's, like, I don't have that built-in community. So, like, I get off work in my home office and I walk in my living room and no one's there. And that sucks. And no one asks me how my day is. You know, no one... Things like that. That's, that's hard. Um, that kind of sucks. But I'm not dead. And I'm surviving. And actually, I'm thriving. So, like, as I've dated, <laughs> which is, like, not a lot, guys. But as I've dated, I'm learning that... People pursue in ways that are different and maybe ways that, like, you wouldn't expect them to pursue you. And people are showing up for you in ways that, like, maybe you're not seeing because you're not expecting. Because your expectations are different from, like, what they're giving you. All right. So, like, the first half of this podcast was about how I haven't died yet from being 30 and single. Stay tuned. Um, I have broken a nail taking out the trash, so close to death, yes. Um, But not yet. And the second half, I kind of want to talk about my thoughts on culture's influence on dating and just like sift through some of these thoughts that I've been having lately. I would say like, one of the main things is that I feel like society is, like, on a rampage to demasculinize men and just to to take away, like, what it is to be a man and um, to give that to women and we're hyperfeminizing things and then giving women, like, masculine personas. And, like, I work in corporate and so... I see women all day long in leadership and women in leadership have like learned to take on other men's, like men's roles in certain ways. And it's like really interesting. Like, don't get me wrong. Like I want women to succeed and be awesome and powerful, (laughs) but also at the end of the day, like I do believe there are sometimes gender roles um, and I, I know that maybe that's like, very polarizing for me to say. But I believe there are gender roles. Like I think that men and women can be leaders. I think men and women can teach, can talk, can say things. Um but I think that men generally generally come to situations with less emotion than women. And so they can speak truth into chaos better than a woman can because a woman is dealing with a lot of hyped up emotions and that's because of hormones and life and we are created to create life and babies and our brains and our hormones are created to to just love deep and like see things and empathize and we have this gift and Men have this gift of speaking truth into chaos and to simplify things and to compartmentalize and see things for what they actually are and to speak truth into when we are literally going batshit. And I just, I just see that. And I think that men have stronger bodies than women and women can work out and get strong, but it takes men a lot less time to get the same amount of strength as women most time. And... I'm not saying I will never take out the trash when I get married, which I I'm, I'm focused on the trash these days, but like it would just be nice to have a team effort, you know, like someone else to help me out in that situation. Natalie, get a roommate. Um, whatever. But like I think that there are just things where like a man steps up to protect and a woman steps in to bring emotion into a situation and to bring empathy into a situation and that's just like how we are and I think that's good. Anyways, that's just something that's going on in the culture is that men are being demasculated and women are being hyperfeminated. <laughs> how do you say that? I don't know. But like there's something going on where Men almost are looked down upon for stepping out in their strengths and women are looked down upon for not being so like hardened you know and like for letting people walk all over them which like we shouldn't do that we should be 100% ourselves shouldn't let people walk all over us but like there is a level of vulnerability that women bring to the table and to the room and and we're like starting to be looked down upon for that. It's very interesting to me. It's difficult to date because as women, we are being taught to take the men's roles or their spots in things in society. But we still are expecting more from men, but we're taking their place. And so it's almost like as men, y'all are like a little misplaced. And as women, we also are misplaced, but like we're being told how to walk here, and you're being told how not to walk there, and, like, so in relationships, it just, like, is kind of a cluster, because we're all just, like, in each other's way, and I think, like, we're still expecting men to lead, but we, as women, are stepping into more of leadership roles, and so that gets intimidating, and all these things, um, yeah, just fascinating, I still think women can be in leadership, and should be in leadership, but I also think that, it makes it hard to date whenever we still have these expectations on men to be the leaders and women who are leaders can be intimidating. And then like dating doesn't work because that's like, none of that equals up adds up is what I should say. None of that adds up. Another thing is that like, because you watch movies, right? We see people fall in love so fast. We see people become a special person in someone's life so fast. And like the truth of it is like, dating apps are a thing right now and dating to get to know someone is also a thing it's been a thing but like when you're dating someone to get to know them like they have no reason to be special to you yet and there are people who are special fast because like I went on a couple dates earlier this year and as the guy was sharing things with me like I realized like wow these are the things that I've always wanted to hear a guy say or these are the things that like I want for my life, too. And, like, that's crazy that we would, like, match up on those things. And so, like, it took a couple dates for him to be special, but then he became a special person and, like, started growing on me and things like that where it's, like, we expect if after date three they're not special. Everyone wants someone special. If they're not special after date three, then, like, kick them to the curb, not worrying about it. But, like, what if it takes a little bit more time to warm up to people? And we... Are not giving people that space or that time to become a special person in our lives you know like you're friends with people and like you think they're super weird at first before you're friends with them or they're like not attractive or whatever and then the more you hang out with them the, the more attractive they are the more funny they are and you're just like oh that's just how they act like they're so fun you know things like that it's just things that we don't allow people to become and morph into Because we're dating them. And so, like, there's all these expectations that come with that. And I just think that is wrong. Yeah, another thing is just, like, giving people credit. And giving them credit for pursuing you in the way that they are pursuing you. And every person receives love differently. Every person gets pursued differently. Feels pursued differently. Every person feels differently. Different things speak to different people's hearts. And... Because of that, different people speak in different ways to each other's hearts, if that makes sense. So I think that it's very important, and we don't do this in society enough, where we don't give people credit for showing up as themselves and for showing us, like, how they pursue us. And we're stuck in these expectations from whatever, wherever, whenever these expectations came on us. We are stuck in these expectations, and being stuck in those expectations takes away from the credit that we give to other people because they're showing up, they're being awesome, but it's not up to par with, like, what you had expected, and so we don't give people enough credit for what they're actually doing, for when they're actually showing up on both sides. So, like, if a girl's not being vulnerable, like, maybe she is being as vulnerable as she wants to be because she doesn't feel safe yet. You know, maybe what she just shared was, like, a really big deal for her to share and, like, you'll get more of it later. Maybe if a guy is not, like, seeming to pursue you, like, maybe him texting you, like, a random gif, is him pursuing you and it's really sweet and fun and, like, that's how he talks to people and that's how he shows people he's interested and you just have no idea because you're expecting, like, a good morning text. That's, uh, by the way, um, good morning texts are a whole nother story, and um, (laughs) I don't expect those, and neither should you. But also, like, we need to have expectations for people, but let them fail those expectations. And these words are something that have been going on and on and on and on in my head of just having an expectation for someone and then letting them fail that because a lot of times in dating we have an expectation on someone and the minute they slip up or the minute they mess up it's done like you're done so let someone fail let someone mess up your expectations and keep moving forward because no one's perfect you're not perfect. You don't want someone to look at you as being perfect. And if you're not perfect, you don't want them to stop hanging out with you, right? Because you know you're not perfect. So why do we let that happen with other people? Hmm. Just a question. And finally, in the middle of this, I actually, like, paused recording it to go have a glass of wine with my friend. And she said something really really powerful to me. She said that sometimes we're too casual and we're, we don't take dating seriously enough. And we had actually talked last night about how we don't know how to date casually because we don't have casual friendships with people. It's like we're all in and we want to know everything about people and like want to have real relationship with people. And for dating, like that's also what we expect, what we want. And so And not knowing how to be casual, we thought that was a bad thing. But I realized tonight she said something about how it's so easy to treat something as casual, but in reality, like, it is a big deal. And I was thinking about that, and I try and be low-key about everything. Obviously not about dying from singleness, like I've mentioned multiple times in this podcast, but I try and be low-key, and I try and be chill and casual and, like, the the guy I was dating in January I realized just tonight like I might have been too casual in things because I wanted something serious in my life but I was so focused on being perfect and being chill and being casual and being the perfect like date and having fun that I didn't allow room for anything to be more serious and in reality like that's kind of what I wanted I wanted to date and have fun but also, like, for it to be something. And I think, like, that's something that where we get tripped up is to find the balance between, like, casual and serious dating. And I think also, like, true love waits, like, screwed us all up, right? And also I kissed dating goodbye because, like, that whole courting situation that happened probably, like, right before I entered into high school, that was, like, the thing. And so... Now, our generation is trying to almost, how do you say, like, overcompensate for that by keeping everything so casual and being so casual about, like, dating and dating apps and, like, it's so chill and, like, we're in a sex revolution and all this stuff and, like, keep it chill, keep it cash. Like, marriage is, like, not a thing, but in reality, like, that's what I want. That's what we want, right? And so if we're keeping it too casual, what if we're missing out on something because we're trying to be too low-key about it? Now, I mean, no need to be super crazy intense on your first couple dates. That's not what I'm saying here. I am saying, like, let it be serious when it needs to be serious and let it go to the next level when it's supposed to and don't, like, try and get... Don't get all caught up in trying to be perfect and being low-key about something that actually isn't super low-key to you. Just some thoughts, just some, some thoughts on dating, thoughts on the, the way that society is telling us how to date, how to love, how to be men and women in this world, and I just find it so fascinating that people aren't really talking about it. You know, like, the porch does a good job. But also, like, it's all married guys talking about not being single or, or being single. And that's hard to listen to as well. So here you go. I'm 30. I'm single. I'm not dead yet. And I'm thriving. But I still want to get married. I still want to date. And I'm trying to navigate this and figure out what it actually looks like um, for me to date and have fun, and do it right, and just so many thoughts. So, the next two episodes will also be about singleness and dating. Next episode, I want to talk to my friend Katie. She's going to come on, and we're going to talk through, just discuss what it looks like to date in your 30s, and also, like, just kind of some of our discussions we've been having about dating and singleness, and what it looks like for us. So join us next time. Hopefully it won't be too much time in between, but life is busy and we'll see what happens. As always, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed it and are feeling less crummy about being single today than you were yesterday. I love y'all so much and I'll talk to you later. Thanks for joining Kitchen Conversations with Nat where I love to have kitchen conversations in a kitchen around food. But I record my podcast in my closet. What a funny thing. Love y'all.